1: Hey, all cheaters, and welcome to the always cheating fantasy podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you?
0: Josh, I'm all right. This weekend of the Premier League, I think by our new standards, counts mm-hmm. as a kind of normal weekend.
1: Yeah, kind I of. think we're getting closer to normal. I think I think we are getting closer to normal. I think uh, I I like your your tone was a little, you know, <laughs> I'm asking a you, question. You I'm truly not. not... Are. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think that it's uh, yeah. We had some three threes. So we had some some one some one nils Uh, we had. uh, Yeah, we had some we had some some, you know, massive players go down with with season ending injuries, hopefully not career ending injuries. So, uh, yeah, it was it was your typical no fans in the stands. (laughs) You know, game week, Uh, not, you know, eight tenths concluded. There's there are a couple matches tomorrow, but I feel like uh, we've got plenty of drama, plenty of things to talk about just from the eight that we saw uh, over the weekend. So, Brandon, let's get right into it. Score Mm -hmm. check time. How are you feeling? You, I think, have three players left to go, don't you?
0: I do. I have three Wolves players, Sace, Potens and Jimenez. So um, what does that mean exactly? I don't know. Uh, give them my give them my current score, which is fifty nine. Mm-hmm. It's a fifty five net if you include the minus four that I took uh, after ah. we learned about the Kevin De Bruyne injury. So right, right. fifty five with Wolves yet to go, and of all the fixtures that I think are hardest to predict from this game week, that Leeds Wolves fixture does stand out. You could see Leeds just absolutely cutting Wolves up because they've kind of been off it for the last few weeks, mm-hmm. or Maybe we get our old Wolves back. Maybe Jimenez does the business for me because, um, you know, it's interesting. I'm looking at my squad and I've got returns from every single one of my players who has played except for Van Dyke, who Mm -hmm. was publicly assassinated by Jordan Pickford and Matt (laughs) Ryan, who was publicly assassinated by the referee. So (laughs) um, Kevin (laughs)
1: Friend, is that I think that's yeah, it's. No friend to fantasy managers, Brandon. Can yeah, this is, Just, a, this is not
0: this is not a Toy them Story theme song. We do not mm-hmm. have a friend in, in me, or <laughs> however that goes. Um, so, uh, apart from those guys, you, you would expect me to to be pretty happy with that score. But the average going into these last two fixtures on Monday is 50 points. It's a pretty high standard. And I think Manchester okay. United and Spurs assets have a lot to do with that.
1: All right. Well, Brandon, this is, you know, this whole fall now is Operation, you know, Josh tries to cheer Brandon up. Okay. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's a real life project that is that is also a fantasy project. And I think being nine points ahead, or I guess five, but let's give you, let's give, let's, let's, let's be optimistic and and just pick your nine, mm-hmm. four point hit score. And also remember it could have been Eight but you didn't take the minus eight and that would have, that would not I, have I worked was, out.
0: Yeah. I was talking to you about bringing Grealish in for potent. So at mm-hmm. least potent still has the opportunity to do better than Grealish did against, uh, against Lester. That's right. Okay. So continue yep. this pep talk, <laughs> continue this pep talk. I'm here right. for it.
1: Yeah. So if you would have burned on Grealish, I mean, you would have had, uh, that would have been at least worth minus one, right? Because minus minus four, he only got you three points. So anything Potence does is going to help that even further. Uh and you have I mean Say Se- I mean Potens, who knows? But Say's I mean, you know, he I think he could do well and Jimenez is a great player and who does not require very much at all uh to score. So even if you only get, you know, four or five points out of that match, that's still enough for you to be on a almost guaranteed green arrow on the game week. So um, there's your optimistic yeah, perspective. I,
0: I appreciate that, Josh. And yeah, I, I do think that the green, I'm on a green arrow right now and I think it'll stick. And the way I'm viewing game week five as so I'm in the camp of managers who are who are still trying to get their season off the ground. We'll mm-hmm. get to you in a moment. You're in a different camp. Uh, but I would view this week less as uh, yet another average week. Like It's not that this week I needed to rocket into the sun. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm stabilizing a bit this week, yes. and that's as 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 much as I could have asked for. Now I'm looking at my squad, and I've already pinpointed four transfers that I wow. I feel like you're gonna are, make
1: next week a minus twelve.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, let's do it. Let's let's cash <laughs> it. Let's cash in this nine-point surplus. Brandon,
1: I go for it.
0: <laughs> um, but I do feel like uh, at least, um, yeah, I feel like I'm stabilizing somewhat. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and th- this is going to be our opening question um, in a second here, which is going to be, um, you know, what do we feel confident about now? We're five weeks in. Are there are there certain things? that we feel like we can confidently say about this season. Um, and there, there are a few uh, good and bad. Um, so yeah, I am, I'm doing great. Uh, I, I honestly am. Uh, I played my wild card this week. Uh, I was on the f- official fantasy show talking about my wild card. Uh, I was loud, right? Brandon, it's so easy to be loud, wrong. We are all, we are so often loud, wrong, Brandon, but to be loud, right for, for once is such a nice feeling. So uh, I talked about the, the is risks. Is that
0: Rufus Wainwright's father? Loud La- Wainwright?
1: <laughs> That's a, like a, like a... Is that a portmanteau or something? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Loud right. uh, But I, <laughs> uh, I talked about uh, wild carding from a position of strength and how that can be something that um, can work out and that wild cards don't always need to be played um, to solve a problem. They can be something that help you push on uh, from where you are and really be you know, super aggressive so i was at around 250k uh and i wild carded and i am on 84 points i'm at 60k overall uh i still have Stuart dallas to play tomorrow as well and i feel really good about it i mean I, obviously and i think you know it, it went so well that it sort of erases any you know like you could make an argument oh i could have waited until game week 10 or i could have waited till game week, but like I was never going to do it, you know. Even at, at absolute best, I would match how well I've done in this situation, you know. And I also got in early on, on Kane and Son. I Captain Kane. Um, I, you know, I brought in Dominic Calvert-Lewin, who I didn't have. Um, uh, I brought in Martinez, who I didn't have. I mean, you look across my team, and it's like I have like forty more points than I would have had uh, had I not played the wild card. I mean, it just worked. Spectacularly, and um, and so that's that's great. (laughs) There's nothing else to say. I mean, it's just it feels very. It's like exactly what we all hope happens in fantasy, which is that you make a bunch of decisions. And like the vast majority of them go great. And you get to spend the weekend just celebrating goals and clean sheets and stuff like that. Right. It doesn't happen yeah. yeah, very often. Maybe like in a, in a 38 week season, maybe you get like eight of these weeks, right? Where like everything yeah. kind of clicks. And so I am having one of those eight weeks right now. And, um and that feels good. And so, you know, that's um it's you're basically it's nice Dean
0: start. Smithing it right now. You are the Dean Smith of <laughs> FBL, just off to an amazing start. Yeah. Everything yeah. is clicking. Yeah. And in honor of the goalkeeper of the game week, mm-hmm. it has been all about discovering new cocktails in my household during lockdown. And today we made the Martinez, which hmm. is gin, sweet vermouth, uh Luxardo liqueur and a dash of bitters, and an orange twist. So uh, there you are, Martinez. We drink in your honor.
1: Wow. Yeah, congrats. He looked good, too. I think he had five saves. Um, no, granted, they didn't have Vardy. I mean, it was, it was you know, but still, I mean, having five saves in a road match, um, I think that was, yeah. was pretty impressive.
0: I, I, I don't want uh, to twist negative on that after toasting the man, but when all of the shots that Lester were unleashing were some of the weakest shots you'll see from 20 yards out, five saves <laughs> sure whatever he could have saved those goals with his head if he wanted to
1: <laughs> He were that's right castagna he made a pretty good save on castagna it was, that may have, it, which may have been chalked off for a foul in the buildup anyway, uh, but it was it was a nice save. So I'll give him okay. And I thought he had a nice save on uh There was a Tielemans shot as well that he made a pretty good save on. I think it was a Teron Mings actually deflected it and he he grabbed that one. So regardless, uh, yeah. So let's see how Stuart Dallas does tomorrow. I uh, don't have any Wallace players, but um, there's you know a, on a big a big green arrow uh, pretty much regardless of what happens i don't even know what would what would get me you know i don't know, like if Jimenez scored 7 goals or something maybe that would do it so uh let's hope let's hope that doesn't dare to happen. dream dare to dream so um there that's where we are um and the opening topic i i you know teased it out a moment ago but just you know the thing i've been thinking about and it was something that um when i was talking about wild cards and we, 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 i was talking with um mark from Fantasy football scout and he said that you know, he felt like he didn't want a wild card yet because he didn't know where things stood. He felt like he couldn't make enough decisions that he felt confident in to play his wild card. And I think that, I think that is a, is a logical rationale. And it was a feeling that I certainly had when I was picking like my defenders, for instance, I'm like, kyle walker peters i don't know you know what i mean it's like all these kind of like 4.5 players really like like lampty like i think he can look good at times you know maybe i'll grab him and so there are you know so there, there are certain areas where i feel like maybe i'm not i'm not super confident. but what i what i do feel really confident about is that spurs have two players who are going to score a boatload of goals and assists this season yeah. and that was pretty much why i wildcarded. i wild to get those two players and So I throw the question to you, Brandon. What else are we, good or bad, what else are we starting to feel confident about after five weeks?
0: Well, I don't know if we needed five weeks to gather this, but I just don't think enough people are talking about Mo Salah right now. And you've Mm. got seven attacking returns in five game weeks. And Mm. despite the ups and downs happening at Anfield, Salah is a constant and he looks amazing. He has looked amazing regardless of his level of points returns in each game week, each game yeah. week. And I, I think we're not talking about him because most people just already have him slotted in their midfield. But if you have any concerns about Liverpool, let them be focused on their defense. I think Salah will not be hindered. Uh, I mean, unless unless uh, something happens to the fullback situation, which does unlock right. Salah a bit. I think that he is absolutely a constant that we can count on for the rest of the season.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know why we're and yeah, I mean to me it's like that that is like a bucket like that is I totally agree with you completely and you know he's, he's up to almost fifty percent ownership which is you know I think so I think the the consensus is definitely forming uh, and I think the question now that I think we have to really start taking more seriously is is the Sala Mane double up uh, which. Right. Obviously, that is a an extraordinary outlay of cash. Uh, that's you know, uh, I mean, if you bought them at the original price, that's twenty four million. I guess money is at eleven nine now. Salah's at twelve three. So let's say you had Salah just at the start of the season to find eleven point nine million to bring in Sonia money is not easy. Uh, it can be done, um, but but it certainly requires a lot of sacrifices. It really requires a Ryan Brewster or or maybe sacrificing. Uh, um, Maybe sacrificing Robert Rabo or, or Trent, yeah. you know, yeah, or yeah. both if you had both.
0: I, I, think that's, I think that's the way to look at it. But then on the other hand, how many points do you think you're still going to get from Robertson as compared to, to to afford that double up? Like, what are what's the cost benefit analysis here? Like, are, is the Monte Sala double up going to get you that many more points than just going for Sala and Robertson and effectively saving yourself four million pounds, if you follow my logic there? Yeah. The other the other constant is also in Liverpool, and I think the best test of our FPL eyes was in the Merseyside derby, and I think that was pretty conclusive proof that Everton are the real deal.
1: Mm-hmm. And Agreed. I think
0: if you if you look at what is the trajectory that this Everton team is on at this this early point in the season, and you think about Leicester City. Being uh, having their foot in the top four for quite a long time before totally fading at the end of last season, yep. I just think if you if you compare this Everton squad to last season's Leicester City, I just see a much more well rounded outfit, and I think that they are built to last here. And Ancelotti knows what he's doing, so it, I I burning for to end up with Hamas Rodriguez in my midfield along with Calvert Lewin. And Dean in the back—that's one of the big. That's one of the good stories from the start of my season. I think.
1: Yeah, I mean the the Dean move. Uh, I think you know if I were to wild card again, I actually probably would bring in Dean, um, and that was maybe one spot where I. You know, sometimes on a wild card, you don't get a player just because you don't like the exact fixture in front of them. You know, <laughs> you're yeah, like, prim. I just don't want, I don't want to have him for this one. And so you're kind of like, and then you kind of like just start tinkering, tinkering, and you sort of forget. You're like, oh, I ran out of room. Uh, can't bring in Dean. But I think, I think he may work his way into my team uh, at some point soon, uh, possibly for, for Sace or, or Lampty or, or one of those, one of those 4.5 million players. Um, yeah. I mean, he is like, I mean, the, the other thing that we know—I I feel very confident in saying at this point—is that there are. Okay, let, let, let's let's just look at. I'm not. Working, I'm not going to go through all the teams here, but just all 20 teams. Which ones? Okay, starting. Like, I've pulled up my like the stats page on the fancy website. Just looking at all 20 teams, which ones do you feel like are actually playing good defense so far this season?
0: Crystal at, Palace, Crystal yeah. Palace, Aston okay. Villa. Yep, yeah, Villa. And um, does the list end there? I think
1: Wolves. I think Wolves have to have some credit. I mean, they have they've kept two clean sheets and four. And um, yeah, it's yeah. it's
0: the it's the black mark of the uh, West Ham score. Sure. I think that that yeah. does throw you. Just but a f- yeah, weird game. it could be yeah. it could be a freak result for sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, um, I mean Manchester City, their performance against Arsenal defensively stood out, but I don't know if it's because you're not used to Ma- Manchester City keeping clean sheets and Arsenal, I don't know really what they were, what they were at during that match. They didn't really show much attacking yeah. thrust, but Ederson, and I think you mentioned this on Twitter, Ederson is looking like, and it's helped that Allison is out injured, but the best goalkeeper in the league right now. And yeah. I wouldn't really argue with you too much about that. But I don't know. It's like, this is an FPL podcast. And I genuinely still don't think that Manchester city defense is FPL relevant at all.
1: Yeah. I mean, I tweeted this, this thing earlier today about how I think that Tyron Mings is one of the five best center backs in the league right now. And like, I, there was a lot of people who were like, no way there's no chance. And I was like looking through the teams and I'm like, who's, who's better than him? Like, if you go through like all of these, all of these, and this, I guess it's like, I just to, to somehow tie this into fantasy. Like, this is just, I think part of the reason why Estenville's defense is so good. I mean, I think Martinez has been great and Mings has been so solid too. And it's like, you look through all of these teams and you're like, okay, Van Dyke, Sure. Obviously Van Dijk. Uh, Laporte. I would, I would probably put Laporte above him. Once you get past La, uh, Van Dijk Van Both Laporte, of whom
0: will, who will not, will probably not see play for another year. If yeah yeah look work if ever again
1: what happened with Laporte? I actually missed this. Did Laporte get well, an injury? And, he, and, well, he's, he's not.
0: He didn't. He didn't play over the weekend, and he's he's like injury. Pep was like, "Well, oh, you know, touch and go. Whatever." It's just like right. the saga continues.
1: Okay, so maybe he's the best center back in the league right now, Brandon. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> well, to a world where Tyronn Mings is the best. I, I mean,
0: I, I, I think it's just a funny way to put it because sure. I think, as you're saying, there aren't a lot of great center backs in the Premier League. I'm not sure there are a lot of great center backs in Europe right now but if you look at your living room and you're just like wow man that side table is the best side table you take that side table and you put it in somebody else's living room and you're like well that doesn't really work Tyron Mings and i think this is the miracle of aston villa at this point in the season like uh, somehow they have just gelled and they are a team and i think mings is he is part of that but he's also complemented By that. And he has a leadership role there. It all yeah. just kind of works for him. And I think that kind of inflates how you, how, you know, your positive feelings about him, which I don't fully dispute. I do rate Minks. I don't want to argue
1: about that. Right, right. I mean, I know. I think we both agreed that he is the best center back in the Premier League, which is wild. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. no, we'll Will, Will bully. Okay. I forgot about bully. Someone's probably screaming listening to this podcast. Well, oh, what, what about
0: bully? What about Lewis Dunk? Oh, wait. Oh, wait. <laughs> see, is you in, Del- see you in
1: November, Dunk. <laughs> Have a a nice Halloween. He is
0: the Premier League king of the self owned. Like, how (laughs) many times have you seen Lewis Dunk just Uh, do himself terribly? Yeah, it's what a a
1: wonder. It happens so often. It's, yeah, and there was a segment, you know, I I don't mean to keep mentioning this, but when I did that uh, official FPL show, there was a segment because when you're on it, you know, before you actually appear, I was doing like a Zoom colin you end up you like you're basically like it's it's like you're like the fan you're a spectator stand, yeah you yeah. just watch the first 20 minutes yeah. um from like a pretty kind of producer perspective and they did a clip where it was all of the brighton teammates talking about who they would own in fantasy and it was like unanimous everyone on brighton was like lewis dunk like <laughs> master of the defense uh gets you a few goals he's the one i want if i had anybody in fantasy Mm-hmm. And yeah, now he is out until November 21st. So, uh see cool. you see him, yeah. Hey, Have here's, a nice Thanksgiving.
0: Here's another thing we know for sure just to bring it back to this opening conversation is the Brighton hype train has crashed into the mountain. <laughs> it's officially it's yeah, suddenly and officially no. over and um I think it was our our friend Chancellor Dan who was saying they're like the best worst team. Um yeah. actually no, it was our friend Andy. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh they are a fun team to kind of watch yeah. but it's going nowhere.
1: <laughs> it's they fine. play they play West Brom at home in game week 6. So let's see. That, that that's a nice every, you know everyone should be so lucky after a match like that, too. I, I thought they got a little unlucky with that penalty they conceded, too. Uh, I, I thought the, the defense was okay until then, right? I mean, they are really even after. Not a single too, shot. Was, yeah, yeah, not
0: a single shot on target apart from the pen. And uh, part of that is just Palace are not interested in attacking yeah. ever. But uh, you you do have a lot of concerns about Brighton right now.
1: I think the other thing is uh, something I mentioned briefly uh, maybe maybe this is the last thing we'll talk about here in this section, but I, you know, I mentioned this briefly uh, on last week's pod, uh, but maybe it was two weeks ago, but regardless, uh, I, the thing about these massive returns that we're seeing is I, I thought about this at the end of the Man United game uh, where they just like tacked on three goals. Like just kind of like whatever, you know, here's like three more. uh, Once once we've scored, you know, they they scored the equalizer and then they got the winning goal. And it was was kind of like two more. I feel like they were both like after the 87th minute or something like that. And I was just thinking like if this were St. James Park, with a like with all it's a it's a big stadium right there's like six or seven thousand fans who can who can fit in that stadium if they were all there and they were screaming at the players and they were they're motivating you know newcastle to to win and get back in this there's no way that match ends for one right mm-hmm, there's just mm-hmm. no way it, the, like you know a million things yeah. would have happened they would have boo, been booing players off the, you know just stuff would have it, the whole thing would have unfolded differently
0: Instead, you have Steve Bruce on the sideline being like, I've got blood pressure issues. I can't get too agitated here or I could collapse and die.
1: (laughs) Right. Pretty red in the face to begin with.
0: uh, Yeah, that that was that was perhaps the um, I mean, the Spurs implosion at the end of the West Ham match was kind of shameful. Yeah. Chelsea's performance in the second half, like a half against Southampton. I can't imagine many Chelsea fans are super psyched about that. Uh, but Newcastle's capitulation at the end of the Manchester United match, perhaps the official, always cheating, shameful performance of the game week.
1: Uh huh. I mean, they were there's so many, Brandon. I mean, <laughs> I, I think I think Spurs have to win it. Uh, honestly, it was, Mitrovic it might
0: be uh, in contention oh, there, just yeah, a, from minus, a personal point of view. Yeah, and... Minus
1: eleven and the bonus points. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was that was that was bad. Um, Lookman does look good, however. Um, so good. Yeah. So my point, though, is um, as long we talk, there's like a million ways to explain how crazy the start of the season has been. But to me, the simplest explanation is there are no fans in the stands and it makes for a very different experience. And I think that leads to teams conceding more goals. I think it leads to a more open like this is practice style Mm -hmm. of play. And I I just think it, it, you know, in some ways, there's not a lot you can plan for this from a from a fantasy perspective, because you know, it's like no one would have captained Sun. I mean, I'm not sure people did, but like most people would not captain Sun away to Man United, for example. Most people, you know, the, the results are not. I mean, you know, uh, Jamie Vardy scoring a hat trick away to, to Man City. These are all very unusual outcomes. You know, they're mm-hmm. not you can't really plan for them. And so if you have missed out on some massive returns so far, just wait. Cause they're, they're like, everyone's going to get one. Everyone's going <laughs> to, everyone's going to have a player on their team get like 19 points. Sure. Because insert just,
0: Oprah Winfrey gif.
1: Cause it's just a nod season. And there's just weird. There's, I mean, can you remember the last time you just had like, how many players had like 15 plus points this game week? Right. There's like a, a handful of them. And it's just like these, you know, I mean, it's just like, they're all over the place right now. And until their are fans back the the scores are going to be really screwy and, you know, there's maybe there I mean, you know, I think we can think about how you can manage this from a fantasy perspective. I think we've talked about this a little bit already, but I think just you just have to go into this expecting a lot of craziness. And maybe by extension, you should not spend a lot of money on your defenders. I think that's just another. Oh, conclusion yeah. To draw.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, I think on that we'll have to we'll have to come to this in our five questions segment. But Liverpool defense is really a huge pivot point right now with the Van Dyke yep. in, uh, uh, yep. injury.
1: It's the first question in that section. So let's let's take a break, Brandon, and we'll do five questions for game week six.
0: All right, Josh, before we get started with the five questions, let's take a moment to thank our new Patreon supporters. And for those of you who don't know, Patreon is a great way for you to say thank you to me and Josh for what we do with Always Cheating. Every week, just pay us a visit at patreon.com slash Cheating to learn about what you can get for supporting us. It includes an extra podcast. Every week, we get uh, a weekly newsletter out to you from our friends at Mini League Mate with all sorts of incredible data on where your team stacks up with our other Patreon members. We also just launched Game Week 5, our first-ever cup competition for our Patreon supporters, the Harvey Milk Mustache Cup. Harvey Milk Mustache, of course, my recently deceased cat. Rest mm-hmm. in peace, Harvey. RIP, Harvey. Um, so that is up and running. A lot of enthusiasm on our Slack this weekend. And T-shirts, if you're supporting at the Volkswagen and producer tier. Josh, I'm going to throw it to you to say thanks to our new supporters.
1: New producer. Thank you to Rich Evans An Upgrade. Brand name went from Lord Sournath to producer. That was very Thank cool. Thank you, Rich. New Volkswagen page, uh, patron is Oystein. Just just one name, Brandon Oystein. I love that. It's, oh, like, it's a, like Fred
0: it's like Bjork. from Manchester yeah. United. Yeah. Uh,
1: Lord of patron, we have Gaddy Rappaport, Craig Jackson, Joshua Thomas, Andrew Looney, Sindre Ostebo-Meyland, Shane McFarland, Craig McDamond. It feels like they should be brothers or something, but there's just a, <laughs> sure. a, no relation, I don't think. Uh, James Felt, Adrian Jelliv, Jennifer Wang, Tom McLeod, Matthew Schmeling, Jason Langbridge, uh andy Dismoy dis Dismoy, Dismoy we tom fitzgerald gavin welsh and then at the bookie level we have craig jackson jamie donaghy uh jason conway and andrew bryant i don't know it could be Donahue right i said i said it like jack donaghy from 30 rocks so regardless
0: <laughs> pronunciations that, are a mystery it's always cheating suits. and they always will be
1: very much so so patreon.com always cheating is where you can go to say thank you and support us and chat with us. And it was really great. We spent Saturday, um, we took a social media blackout day and we spent the whole time on the Slack. And it really was nice uh, to the point where I'm like, I'm definitely going to do that, you know, at least at least once every few weeks. Um, it's really, yeah. um, it, was yeah. just, it was just a fun thing to do. And um, we, I felt like we had more substance. It was also like, it was really more like, um, I felt much more raw, like, in there, like, I was, I was, <laughs> I was, I was approaching it like I would approach the way, like, my internal monologue, I was just like, screw up, like, just, like, getting mad at myself the way I do yeah. when I remember watching fantasy. Uh, well, so.
0: So, so yes, it's just ever so slightly more profane. So no, my <laughs> yeah. wife actually was like, what are you doing, uh, like, halfway through the slate of fixtures, and I was like, what do you mean? She's like, you are swearing so much less in the living room today while you're watching the football. Really? And... <laughs> it was because i was kind of zeroed in on the online chatter
1: hey well that's okay there we go it's a plus there's your plug brandon Uh, patreon.com slash always where you can go to support the podcast uh now we're going to take a quick break and talk about five questions for game week six all right we're back game week six kicks off on friday our first friday match of the season and a pretty good one, I have to say. Yeah. Aston Villa yeah. leads. That's that's a fun. That's a that's a trip to the black horse worthy match right there, bro.
0: Oh yeah, and I love these uh, recently battling in the championship matches. So mm-hmm. Villa Leeds, a lot of these players. I mean, there's been a, a higher degree of turnover at Aston Villa uh, uh, over the recent season, but a lot of these players will know each other fairly well. Oh, sure, uh, so yeah. it should be fun. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, I I think it will be too, uh, and I. A tight turnaround for Leeds, I just realized, right? Mm-hmm. They, played a, they play tomorrow. Like they, they play the <laughs> late game on Monday and then they play Friday. That's a little strange.
0: It's uh, like they're it's, in the Europa League or something.
1: Yeah. And then I, yeah, and I and then next week is a Champions League week too, right? So we've got matches on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Well, that's great. Uh, cause I love not getting any work done. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I gonna have to record some of these. Uh, so that, so we kick that off on Friday and then we have our usual kind of spread out weekend. Uh, otherwise, so five questions for game week five. Let's get into the first question here. It's from Jeff Petter, a longtime friend of the pod. He says, assuming Virgil van Dyke is out for the foreseeable future with Allison out too, where do you stand on the Liverpool Defense. He actually says double pool defense, but I'm going to change this to just where do you send Liverpool <laughs> defense, just straight up.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think a reasonable person would just say the double pool defense. That's done. That's that's over. Yep. Um, less less so because of the Virgil Van Dyke injury, but just more your money is better used elsewhere. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I I you could you could play the game of how would that Merseyside Derby look? What would the scoreline be if Van Dyke was still in the game when the Everton goals started flying in, but I'm not terribly interested. I think right now, as we talk about defense in the premier league is clean sheets are so difficult to come by. We are still focused on fullbacks and where is the attacking upside with these players. And there is no more attacking upside than with, Andy Robertson and I mean I, there are a couple of defenders in the game who are outscoring him right now Lucas Dean among them mm-hmm. but I I don't see how Van Dyke's I mean there are there are it's a butterfly effect with Van Dyke like how how does that impact the high line that Liverpool play how does yeah. that then impi- impact the play out of the back it certainly will to some degree but Robertson he will still produce FPL points so if you have Robertson, such as yourself, Josh, 100%, mm-hmm. that's an easy hold, I think. If you have Virgil van Dyke, this is the tougher question. So I have VVD. What do I do? Do I move on Robertson, or is this an opportunity for me to just step away from the Liverpool right. defense? You don't think i
1: saving van Dyke for the 2021-22 the season? I, I mean, like, no, like, I'm going to keep a league. You know, I'll,
0: I'm, I'll buy them back cheaper, Josh. i sell <laughs> them now and I'll buy them back cheaper smart. as well. Yeah, smart plan. Yeah. Um, so it, it's like, okay, oh, you've got three different problems to solve. Uh, one is Robertson. Who's not a problem. One is Van Dyke. Who is a problem. And do you get another Liverpool player? And the other problem is Trent who is not producing at all in concerning levels of, of non-production. Uh. So I, I don't know. I I feel like Robertson is where I'm leaning, having to replace Roger Van Dyke, just because I do think that Liverpool continue to be a strong enough team Mm -hmm. that they will be able to accumulate as many clean sheets as any other team on the top of the table, which will not be many. But if you're looking at the attacking returns from Robbo, that's just what I what I sell myself on.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think Robbo looks fine. He's super. I mean, it's basically like having a winger. I mean, it's, you know, I looked at a heat map recently and it wasn't, he wasn't as advanced as I thought. I mean, I I guess that of course makes sense because he's a defender and um, it's not, it's not like they play like three at the back or something where, you know, he's basically just bombing forward. He's not, he's not mad dirty, you know, but he is super advanced um, and just so involved. And he and Mane, have like such a great relationship uh, the way that those two play together i think is really um hugely impressive and so with with Mane back uh and and seemingly at full strength i think that really um that really helps Robertson as well i think I actually think there was a Mane missed a big chance that would have been a Robertson assist um mm-hmm. he should have had two assists in the game and yeah i mean I, I think i think the Trent one is really hard to answer i think um you know i think ultimately they play they play Sheffield and West Ham in their next two you can't drop you can't drop either of those players. Even if you have a double up, you probably can't do anything either until you get to game week eight because those matches are so good for them.
0: The fixtures are good, and I'm sure if you have Liverpool defense, Trent or Rabo, you have concerns about that. If you look at the rest of your team, I'm sure you have a bigger problem to solve than Liverpool defense right now. Yeah. And yeah. you know, I I do yeah. think it's a conversation we're gonna have to keep having, but yeah, it's there. you probably have a bigger problem, and the fixtures are fine enough as they are. Joel Matip, I, I like Matip. I think he can do that if he and Joe Gomez, I mean, Joe Gomez has not had a great start to the season, but I can see how they can paper over the cracks a little bit. And we haven't really talked about Adrian, though, which is the other worry with it's the, other the clean worry. sheets. Yeah,
1: Well, this is why I wouldn't recommend getting Matip or Gomez – um, as right. as like a right, you know right, as right. like good, a che- yeah. cheap way good into the, the the team, or Adrian for that matter. I mean, we don't know how long Adrian's going to be in goal for, but I think I think with Trent, I mean, he's, he's on like every free kick. Still, it's kind of crazy. Like it's you know he really does just I mean, not not crazy. It's 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 appropriate because he's so, he's so good <laughs> sure, at them. Yeah. But it's it's,
0: crazy appropriate.
1: It's crazy how often in a, in every single match it seems like a Liverpool player wins a foul in like the perfect spot for, for somebody to take a free kick. Uh, it, it feels like it happens repeatedly uh, in in the match uh, or in every, I mean, obviously just because they're so good and they're, and they're fast and, and you know, whatever, but um, and you know, um, and attacking, but um, yeah. So I, I, think, yeah, I think you hold the, even if you have two, you hold them for the next two weeks. If you have one, you absolutely hold. Um, and then let's see. I mean, you know, if the next two weeks don't go well, I mean, regardless, they play away to man city in game week eight. I think they play uh, Lester in game week nine. So that's probably – assuming Vardy's back by then. That's probably when you could you could start to, to move on. I think that the next two weeks –
0: Well, so if you're in my situation, what do you think?
1: Yeah. Well, I think you're in an interesting situation. I think um, – you know, I would. I mean, I'd be curious to see how Samato looks tomorrow. I think that he's a player that I would I would consider if I were you. I think um, you could try to just go down to someone like Lamptey. I know you weren't. You were saying you weren't super enthusiastic about the Brighton defense, but uh, you know, if, if there's really nobody who's super appealing, then maybe you just go all the way down to a four point five million. Actually, you know what? You don't have any Aston Villa defense. If if I had yeah. Dyke, I would just get Matt Target. I mean, he was on some free kicks today. He's four point five million. They got a, a great run of fixtures basically through game week fifteen. Um, I think there's a pretty good chance we're going to get some clean sheets, and it frees up two million for you to spend anywhere else in your team.
0: Yeah, the the teams that I want to target are Palace and Villa. I, I mentioned earlier on, and it's an odd one because Palace, their defense is constantly great, but if you look. <laughs> If you look at their back line, I don't know who to pick. And it's a yeah. constant rotating cast of characters. Yeah, Cahill like
1: Ward, Gary Cahill. It's not exciting. Right.
0: And Cahill almost broke his leg from that that dunk red card and he's flagged now. If it's just a contact injury, he he may be fine to to continue on. But is Joel Ward gonna be that guy? Do you do a move Ryan to Gaita? So I'm trying yeah. to figure I out I
1: couldn't bring myself to bring in Joel Ward. I just I couldn't do it. I couldn't pull the trigger. He's
0: an oddball. He is an yeah. oddball. Yeah. So I I am wondering if I can, much as I'm loath to make a goalkeeper transfer in the coming month, is work my way to a Guaita go right goalkeeper uh, and yeah. Ming's or target in, in my I uh, defense.
1: I mean, Brighton play West Brom, Burnley, Southampton, Fulham, and then for the next eight. I mean, I think you just gotta just roll with it as annoying as that is, you know, I, I don't know. That's that's what I think personally. They
0: have not been remotely close to a clean sheet uh, apart from that Newcastle match, not even
1: remotely close. I don't know. I mean, if, if, if that penalty is not given a very, 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 very tight penalty call, in my opinion, uh, then, I mean, I know that palace did sit back a little bit after that, but I, I, I felt like before that penalty for the first 35 minutes or so that Brighton were, completely in control of that match uh, that, that the palace weren't really doing anything. So um, I don't know. I mean, I, I hear you Matt Ryan has not gone well for you at all. And you want to get out, but I, again, a goalkeeper transfer, I feel like it's, it's not usually, um, yeah. it's not usually the right move, you know, there's usually yeah. some other bigger issue.
0: Yeah. All right. So that's the Liverpool defense checked off. Next question we Check. have is uh, how badly do we actually need Harry Kane? Mo LFC wants to know, is dropping a city mid player for Kane worth it? So we're talking about maybe you still have an injured KDB. Maybe you, yeah. you have Raheem Sterling and you're, you're looking to improve upon that. Dropping a city mid for Kane worth it given city haven't shown any fantastic relevance so far. So you're, you're coming off a successful Kane captaincy. Right, Game week five says to you, Josh, everyone should get Kane. No ifs, ands, or buts.
1: I mean, I don't have the numbers in front of me, Brennan. I think that Kane has scored seven thousand fantasy points so far this season. That's just a rough estimate. He's had five goals and seven assists so far this season. He is in the absolute form of his life. He's not that expensive. If this were Sergio Aguero, this would this is like we would all be like rushing to bring him in. Like we would do, be doing everything we can to get this guy. I mean, I, I don't really know what else you need to see at this point. I mean. He has three double-digit returns. They have three great fixtures coming up. Uh, I mean, the que- the only question I have is whether I'm going to captain all three of the next three game weeks. Um, you know, to me, there's no debate between Agüero and Kane and Timo Werner. You just you just get Harry Kane. I mean, it's he's got the fixtures. He has the you know. Just shy of 30 goals in a season twice pedigree. He's assisting incredibly well. He's got a perfect stri- strike partner right now, and and son. And now Gareth Bale is is in, you know I know he didn't could he could have done better in his 15 minutes. I mean he he actually I mean I don't know like he he had too much adrenaline probably for that shot That's why I missed it. It was a nice run to get into he the created
0: box. the shot, so you he have to give shot. him credit yeah. for that. I mean yeah. you do think with a guy uh, under the weight of that many trophies would be able to slot that home, but I I hear you.
1: Yeah. So I think that um uh, yeah, and so then the question is, okay, Kane's the one you want. It's certainly on a wild card, you do it. Is it uh is it burn four? You just have to have this player territory. Maybe not for game week six, right? Way to Burnley. Um Burnley had not looked good so far this season, but it's still it's still a road match. I don't know, burning four for a player in a road match. Like I wouldn't drop Timur Werner on a minus four to bring in Kane, you know, I might do it on a free transfer. So maybe the move is to hold it. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
0: I was just going to say, Kane is that level of psychopath though, where, I mean, he could be playing in his, like his nephew's backyard and he'd still be like kicking the ball just as hard as he did against (laughs) Fabianski against like a, an eight year old. He doesn't care. He wants Harry Kane score goal. That's just the way it is. (laughs) Uh, And Burnley, as you say, Burnley of looks, Terrible this season. So that is uh, that is burn for territory for me. I think if you're if you if you have a a weak spot up front, and that could be a weak spot like Mitrovic, and this is going to be a real test for Jimenez against Leeds tomorrow because I have the cash in the bank to do Jimenez. To Kane. However, Jimenez has Newcastle in game week six. And you know, we yep. we talked about how how uh just real lackluster Steve Bruce's squad was against Manchester United. And and why would you why would you suddenly uh get yeah. get a proven scorer like Jimenez out? But um
1: I That's don't know, it's really tempting. It's tempting. Yeah, I think if you had the exact cash and you could do it without taking a hit, I would probably do it, to be honest. I would just do yeah. it. You know, you're not gonna regret it. Right. I mean, maybe it doesn't pan off immediately, but it probably will to be,
0: to be honest. It comes with, it comes with some kind of warranty, right? I mean, there that's, yeah. that's the well, true the warranty, no regret transfer. Yeah,
1: the warranty is uh, that you get him for West Brom and game week eight, and there's no way <laughs> he doesn't score. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, he'll no definitely, one, so.
0: definitely pay you back then. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If I do that for free, then not to get too much into my, my team, but then I'm starting Justin against Arsenal for Leicester. So that's the situation that I'm to go negotiating but uh right. i think the I
1: th- yeah
0: right so i i think that's harry kane there he's he's hot he's hot property
1: yeah he is um and uh, yeah i think the uh yeah so oh god i mean i would move verner to kane too i i like i don't know verner <laughs> it's like i had a, he had a good match he's a good player i don't know yeah. why him scoring 16 points wasn't enough for me to be like I'm totally sold. Like, I'm not. I'm not sold on hey, I'm, Chelsea. He's, I'm just he's, not sold on.
0: He's keeping goal scoring pace with Kurt Zuma now. So what's not to love? What's not to love about <laughs> Timo Werner? We have we have a Werner question in the lightning round. So let's hold our hotter takes okay. for Chelsea right. we'll, we'll uh, until Werner. we till we get there. Well, what's okay. the next question we have to satisfy? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, now question number three is do we still want anyone at Man City? Raul says. Uh, with the news that Jesus may, uh, could be out longer than first reported to we look at Aguero as a route into the city attack, um, at 10.4 million, possibly as a Vardy replacement.
0: I think we've answered the Aguero question with our yeah. cane talk where, yeah. You I
1: think th- you th- thought Aguero, Aguero
0: looked? I think he looked okay. Um, I, I didn't think he, he looked like a player who had lost a step or anything like that against Arsenal. And, yeah. Um, I don't think there was too much being created around him. It was a nice layoff that he had for Phil Foden to create the Sterling goal ultimately. Yep. Yep. However, it's, it's all this price point analysis in your FPL squad. And yeah. I don't see how Aguero right now in current form and FPL price can compete with Harry Kane. And I don't see how people are restructuring their team to get two 10-plus strikers up front. It's just not happening. So by virtue yeah. of the elimination... Strictly, Aguero is off the table. And uh, then then for me, if the rest of the Manchester City conversation is just a straight-up buy-sell-hold, and I think you're in hesitant hold territory, I don't think I would recommend yeah. even selling Phil Foden so long as Key. So, And a lot of this also depends on what Pep says about Kevin De Bruyne, because what we know about De Bruyne's injury is it's one of those it could, the story could change with Friday's press conference, or whether they had the press conference on Thursday or Friday. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think City they they don't look great, but I don't think it's worth a transfer right now.
1: No, no, I I don't think it's worth. Uh, you, you know, I, I would keep Sterling. I would, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bring in Aguero. Yeah, like I, yeah, I mean, even Maris, I'm probably just going to hold him for the West Ham game. I mean, I i don't know, like what kind of, and it feels like anything i do would be kind of like a luxury transfer really um i mean west ham i i, I don't maybe they haven't they weren't as good as they were when they won 3-0 away to um I, well, I mean, I don't know. I guess they, I guess they did f- find a way to draw today, but they, they conceded three goals. The should conceded about five.
0: Yeah, uh, and Bel- uh, remind, you know. let me remind you all that Belbuena is starting, and that has historically not been a great sign for <laughs> West Ham central <laughs> yeah. defense, the, even yeah. though he scored a goal. Uh, I, I wonder if how many people are listening out there who don't have Sun, and the temptation is to points chase and move Sterling to Sun, And I feel like that yeah. would be a no-no.
1: It's tempting. I mean, I don't. I don't hate it. Uh, Just because you do save like two point five million, I don't think it's uh, a huge net gain. I mean, obviously Sterling wasn't super involved. I have to say he got a little lucky to get. You know, Guerra basically laid that goal off for Sterling to finish. Um, Didn't didn't do much otherwise. And now, what son's ownership is getting into that scary high territory too. I think he's he's at forty six percent ownership now too. It's crazy how that happens. And do you remember like back back when we were first playing fantasy, you would have maybe one player in a season that would get over forty percent. You know, yeah. it was just not a common thing to to have. But like I think just because of the kind of like the how much uh, you know how much knowledge there is out there and how, you know commentary and things like that, that I think we now have. We now have three, pl- four players. So you have Sala, San, Rodriguez, and uh, Calvert Lewin. They are all over forty percent, and Calvert Lewin's at fifty three percent ownership. <laughs> that is yeah. extremely high. That's why Kane's only at thirty one percent, which is kind of interesting. He's still a little bit of a, a little bit differential, which is kind of kind of interesting for for a player uh, who's doing as well as he is. So, um, yeah, another te- another temptation, tempting reason to get Kane right. It's like um,
0: Temptation Island yeah. over here. All right, I'm just looking at Manchester City's fixtures coming up. So yeah. we mentioned West Ham in game week six, followed by Sheffield United. They are not great. Liverpool, very mo- mouth-watering fixtures just from a from a spectator point of view in game mm-hmm. week eight. Spurs, Burnley, Fulham. This is, there is this inflection point in game week nine where Spurs' fixtures get a little trickier. Manchester United's fixtures really open up. Yep. And City, I think, might be uh, more on our minds come Game Weeks 9 and 10.
1: I think City could be more on our minds. I think that, um, yeah, Man United, uh, I don't know. I, I don't think that I, – if I keep Mahrez, I don't think he survives more than one more week, not unless he he does really well, because I, I don't really want him for the Liverpool and Spurs matches. It's, it's just interesting the way we think about Man, Man City, and it's like this – it's just weird. Like, without – without Silva and KDB you're like oh this like like I hope this hodgepodge of players can can make it work I mean they started yesterday with with Aguero, Raheem Sterling, Riyad Mahrez, Bernardo Silva, Rodrigo, um you know like Kyle Walker, it was like you know the best goalkeeper in the Premier League. It was like they have all of these things and yet it was like they had to gut out that 1-0 win. It was just a <laughs> it was a str- I don't know, Arsenal's game plan. I, it was like their game plan was like, I let's just not lose by too much. Like it was a very, uh, I, I mean, I guess that was maybe that just was born from you know not like it, and Arsenal obviously had some really bad losses away to Man City over the years, but um, I, I I wonder. I mean, Arsenal certainly set up you know in a more defensive way. I mean, I, I'm not really sure why it took so long for them to put lacazette on, for example. I felt, felt like that could have really um, opened up their attack a little bit more. I, don't you feel like I don't you feel like they could have pushed for an equalizer more in that in that match?
0: Yeah, I I suppose it was it was a strange match for Arsenal and I kind of expected more of them. I mean, think about Arsenal's recent cup exploits where they they really did put teams like Liverpool to the sword and Aubameyang was able to make his presence felt. But apart from one layoff to Saka, Aubameyang was completely invisible Pepe was clearly a mistake to start by Arteta. He did not impact the game at all and the it's it, and, and this is like not news to Arsenal supporters, but it's a problem when the player who is most on the ball is David Luiz. And yeah. it was uh, they yeah that that was just not a a great, you know, you could call it a chess match. Uh, And it did feel like maybe it was two quasi intellectuals in Pep and Arteta (laughs) trying to communicate with each other. Like, yeah, Arteta was secretly through the formation trying to tell Pep, like, I love you. It's okay that we separated yeah. this is fine yeah. I but mean, but I, it was not it yeah. was not it didn't make for compelling football
1: it didn't make for compelling. I thought that second half was was really dull and um yeah i i i mean I, you know it certainly could have worked it's the kind of approach though that I feel like a lesser team takes away to man city, you know, just like lose by as little as possible, try to nick ne- an equalizer late, you know, if you're only down one nil it was just it it felt a little. Um, did make for a fun match anyway. So yeah, man city. Uh, so I certainly don't bring in any man city players. There's no one that I'm enthused about attacking wise or, or certainly defensively, especially if, if Laporte is out for a long time. Um, all right. So last question, actually, we have two more questions, but the the, the final one's a short one. Um, who is this is question number four, who is the best 6.5 million forward? Andy G the golf process. I have kept Shea Adams, uh, Shay Adams, Shea Adams. Yeah. Che, uh, yeah, che, Yeah, Uh kept the faith this week and got Rewarded do I hold as I can't See many better options at the same Price range so Shea Adams everyone A very popular pick going into <laughs> the season It was Adams or Adams or Mitro. That, those are your two your two cheap picks um, And Some people kept the faith and they finally got Rewarded for you know the goal and assist A very mm-hmm. a, a beautiful Gift from Kepa who is a really bad he it's like you almost can't say it enough it's crazy how bad he is it is shocking that he got the start over caballero yeah. he was not a it, bad keeper I like he's fine you know
0: yeah caballero is fine some people would blame kurt zuma for that back back pass but the way keppa it was weird it was like keppa just stood there as the back pass went by him it was like a glitch in a fifa video game for sure <laughs> uh as a danny ang's owner like my ass like immediately clenched i was like come to daddy this is happening
1: and (laughs) he was standing right there the whole time i know
0: it was it was so bad but um i i think what's interesting about jay adams to me is he it's so difficult for him to score and just from a a shrewd fantasy point of view he plays second fiddle to danny inks If you have any remote interest in that Southampton attack, you're selling your fantasy squad short by going for Adams over Ings. So that brings me to other sub 6.5 options who are that focal point of the attack. You've got Wilson. Maupay is kind of in that Che Adams territory and that maybe Maupay is the Ings to, I don't know, Trossards.
1: Should have done. Yeah, should have done a little better Uh today, Maupay.
0: Um, but, uh, so maybe Wilson is slightly compelling, but Ollie Watkins is the, you know, he's, he's going to have to grow into the role, yeah. but he is that focal point. He is that since loan number nine for Aston Villa. And I thought his movement was yeah. decent enough against Leicester I I was gonna city. I say
1: He made good runs today. I, I have, I have Watkins. I got him on my wild card, you know, got a blank from him, but I, I thought he moved well. I thought he was, you know, he was he was engaged. Like it felt like he, he, he even kind of created a couple chances. I, the real issue uh, for him, and maybe this is just a, like going to be a problem for him, uh, is that Jack Grealish like really doesn't want to give anybody else the ball. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, he wants
0: to wait for that exact
1: moment. Perfect. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's having a great season. Grealish is awesome. I, you know, if I did it over again, I might've, I might've gone Grealish or Watkins. I, might, I just couldn't have, I couldn't have both a, 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 a double, a double villa uh, move just felt like a little too much for me uh, having Watkins and, and Grealish. So yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe I might change my mind on that. We'll see. Uh, actually, I went double Aston Villa defense, so I'd have to move Watkins to to make that happen anyway. But yeah, I think I think Watkins is an option. Uh, I mean, you know, we'll see how he looks at home next week. He's got they have a bunch of good fixtures coming up, and I think yeah. you know that that Leeds performance I think will be will be telling. Mitro, it's over, right? It's
0: definitely well. It's not definitely over, but he had an appalling match against Sheffield United, and I mean, Mitro has mentality; he can come back from that. But uh, the 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 broader issue there is full of. You just said not, that
1: like in an Eastern European way. Like, <laughs> Mitro has I, mentality. <laughs> yeah, my
0: my Serbian dog whistle was was uh, definitely blowing wildly, w- loudly there. Um, but Fulham just aren't going to be scoring a lot of goals, and yeah. I, I hope they'll they'll prove me wrong. But I think it's it's not happening with him. Yeah, Ryan Brewster, I mean, that that experiment may take off, but man, Sheffield United just stink right now, and yeah, that is that is definitely an option for you if you want to play a, a five in in the midfield. Yep. So it's kind of Watkins for me. However, the good news is this is not a problem that you have to solve because. You're not going to gain a huge amount of territory by moving on some 6.5 striker right now because I don't really see any of these guys blowing it out of the water. I mean, maybe Rodrigo proves us wrong when uh Leeds plays wolves on monday night and maybe he suddenly becomes an option but if that's if that suddenly happens then you know which what to do you know to get yeah. him instead of Watkins.
1: yeah it feels like this recurring theme with I, maybe this is a sign that things are settling in a little bit because i feel like a hold 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 is kind of theme i think Callum wilson is uh is one to consider uh he had a, a very poor match i thought in the Man night match just not not involved at all uh, but they have a pretty decent run of fixtures after this wolves match in game week six He's a little more expensive, but I think just he's very consistent. Like you know with Kellen Wilson, you're gonna get double digit goals this season, right? He's already in four in the first five matches. Um and you know he's on he's on penalties as well. Uh we know that penalties now are like free throws in basketball you just get a handful of them every match now so, so you know maybe it is it's so it's awful but you know so wilson might be one to um one to consider i don't know like just he's going to make those penalties too more times than not right it's just mm-hmm. yeah. a- antonio antonio got flagged they hadn't realized that um he's got a hamstring issue apparently which is he just loves annoying. football
0: too much josh
1: yeah, he's a very injury-prone, unfortunately. But I think uh, Watkins to Antonio in game week eight could be something I, I consider. Okay. They, play, they, they, play right. Fulham, they play Fulham, uh, Sheffield United, and Villa uh, 8 through 10. So that could be something to consider. Um, so, yeah, I think, I, like you said, there's, there's no clear answers. I, th- I still think Rodrigo and, and Bamford, too, are, are two. But I, I just don't know enough about either one to, to feel – I don't feel confident, I should say, about either one to do it. All right, final question. Uh, best captain pick for game week six? I think it comes down to two or three players here. What do you think?
0: Right. Salah home at Anfield against Sheffield United. I've made my feelings pretty clear about Sheffield United this season, and I think Mm -hmm. that's a great matchup for Salah. I could see, speaking of free throws, I could see a few pens coming Liverpool's way in that match. And it's not really cut and dry because Spurs just continue to dazzle an attack. And I, I know you'd be strongly considering Harry Kane. What about son's performance versus Kane's against West Ham? Would you consider yeah. going son over Kane at any point holding both Sh- of them?
1: Sure. I, oh yeah. Holding both of them. No, I wouldn't. Um, it's a little bit like the Mane Salah thing, just Kane's on pens. Right. Like that's just Mm -hmm. like that, that alone is enough. He's, he's also just a little more involved and a little more likely to play 90 minutes. Uh, And I think, I think those are all the reasons to do it. I also wonder if maybe Gareth Bale, Gareth Bale getting more starts will probably hurt Sun more than, kane i would think um just i don't know if some some may not get as many touches on the ball kane is sort of um everywhere and yeah. on the pitch well, When kane is that... in form it's crazy <laughs> like that Like i don't know if you're about to say this but like that pass in the first half for the first goal was incredible right like that's just when you know he's on fire
0: yeah he's he's put a trademark on that swivel the hips and and push that through ball uh into an, a runner but i i think that's Right about Bale because you're always so encouraged when you see the lineup against West Ham, whether it's Bergwijn, whether it's Lucas Mora, whether it was Deli Ali, lo those many years ago, you mm-hmm. always knew that still the two best players in the attack were son and Kane. The t- players that would get the most touches would be son and Kane and Bale. Yeah, you know, I think it's his fitness remains a big question mark, given how much he was gasping for breath just after playing for what, 15 like 15 minutes. 15 yeah. minutes. Uh, yeah. However, yeah, that that's a concern. It's not a, it's not like an immediate. Wow, how are we going to solve this chaos problem in our fantasy squads? But it's one to keep an eye on.
1: Yeah. So i I don't have an answer yet. I think, um, uh, captaining, Mo Salah for every home match. I think is a pretty reasonable strategy right now. And Sheffield yeah. United are bad, and they have I think a couple more injuries now too. Um, I think, I know that, um, is it Egan? Some, somebody's out right now. Um, with, I actually, was it a COVID thing? I'm sorry. This is like, this is a bad podcast with me. Just not knowing the answer to this question, but, um, I guess it's just, it's just, oh, O'Connell is out right now with a knee injury. Um, so they're already playing like a slightly more, you know, they're, they're not, they're not playing with that locked in unit and Ramsdale is also has not impressed at all so far. So I think that, um, yeah, I think that Sheffield's, um, I think going Salah might be the way to go just because it's a home match. And I think that might be the decider between whether to go Salah or Kane.
0: Yeah, Salah on my bus team, for sure. I think I'm going to stick with that one.
1: Yeah, me too. All right, uh, let's take a break and we'll get back with our lightning round. Just a three-question lightning round this time, Brandon. All right, see you soon.
0: All right, gang, even though sports had a break, your business didn't So right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it and they'll see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. You can go other places on the internet, Josh. You're not going to find a better offer. So go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December
1: 31st. Brandon, there's more. The wait is finally over. Football is back, completely back everywhere. The Big Ten is even back next Saturday, which is the weirdest thing. I had never felt less excited about Big Ten football, Brandon. But maybe, maybe now I can be excited because you may not be at a game this year. You can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online has gone the extra mile to make sure you can get in every possible chance to win this season. This is both uh, American football and Premier League football, by the way, Brandon. From mm-hmm. game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BlueWire, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.
0: Fellas, I know you're all feeling this. 2020 has made it hard for us to stay as hygienic as we should be. Luckily, our partners at Manscaped have made it easy to turn your bathroom into your own private. Emphasis on private parts Salon. Mm-hmm. Manscaped is on a mission to change the way men groom, and they've just released their products in the UK, Canada, Australia, and they're all also available here in the United States. Including those products include the lawnmower 3.0 trimmer that gets mm-hmm. you all clean up down there. Other products you can get the Crop Reviver Ball Toner, that is a spray-on toner for your testicles, or their Foot Duster. Go even farther down your body, Josh, to your feet. The Foot Duster Foot Deodorant, it's so good, you can even reduce the odor on the dirtiest of feet. So, go to manscaped.com and use our code ALWAYS to get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Basically, all I'm saying is if you love your
1: package, if you
0: love your private parts if you love mm-hmm. sure. if you private just have love... seen
1: that great howard stern movie brandon just became yeah, a great I... way to stay nice and clean
0: absolutely all you have to do is go to manscaped.com hit a few buttons on your phone and it will change your life the code is always 20 percent off plus free shipping at manscaped.com
1: oh Brandon, we're back. Three-question lightning round. First question comes from Dave Vinton. He says, all aboard the Werner wagon again.
0: <laughs> again. All right. So I feel like we have to preface this by saying both you and I, we played Fantasy Bundesliga over the summer. Yep. Being aware of Timo Werner going into that, having him in our teams, seeing what he did for RB Leipzig, incredible no one is discounting the level that Timo Werner can get to and if you compare uh two matches Chelsea Southampton and Spurs West Ham both of these matches were a tale of two halves right so Chelsea I remember the fantasy conversation during the first half is holy crap how do we all get Chilwell into our teams he was just delivering magnificent balls uh and Chelsea attackers were getting on the end of them they looked pretty good and then the second half chilwell disappeared southampton were resurgent and it was the the sheen came off of chelsea so mm-hmm. you just feel like there's still a lot of work to do now the way i would compare that to spurs west ham is spurs dominated west ham in the first half and then the second half was a totally different thing But Spurs assets, we know them. They understand the team and the system that they play in. They can be, I think, from a fantasy point of view, counted on a bit more. Timo Werner, pretty good game. Even the assist that he provided to Kai Havertz, I'm still not ready to trust what that team's going to deliver week on week. So the story remains the same with Chelsea is that when they're ready, their price points will be decent. But just one performance alone is not going to convince me.
1: Yeah, not e- five, I mean, and not even totally. one half
0: is going to convince me.
1: I mean, I don't really have much more to add other than, you know, through five weeks, I feel like I still don't know who the best fantasy asset to have in Chelsea is. Is it? Is it Werner? Is it Pulisic? Is it Havertz? Um, will it eventually be Ziyech? You know, maybe it's probably Jorginho, to be honest. Uh, yeah, at this point. There's just nobody who, like, I don't understand how like this team is being put together right now. And I know that they've added all these players, but man, it is not not—it uh, is not hugely impressive the way that they have been. I, I, I know I've gotten like some stuff, like I've got a little bit of grief for how I've talked about Chelsea in here, but I, they just should be better. I don't know. Like, I mean, they're like, I, I, you know, just like they, they should not be conceding three goals with the, regularity of the, with the regularity that they have. They should be, honestly, they should be like, I, I guess they did have that four nil palace game. Uh, and even that one wasn't super convincing. I mean, they you know, a bunch of penalties, and it was it was nil nil at halftime. I think on that one too. So, um, yeah, I'm just like, let me wait until I have a sense of what Chelsea is before I start bringing any other players. And that goes for Chilwell, to be honest. The whole team, just like give me give me some time to to like see where you guys are. You know, like right. game week yeah. eight, they're home to Sheffield United. Okay, maybe maybe then. I mean, I, I could see myself maybe moving from the nice thing about having Mares in that spot is he's a nice expensive player and um it means i want like i it makes it very easy to move on to another one of these similar players you know, like maybe i go to a, a chowell or a, a zh i mean zh i'm still like i don't know like he he's an awesome player too like i, I, I mean i mean i mean um uh Roberts. like hovarts mm-hmm. may end up being a player who is kind of the key player in fantasy was the feeling we all had going into the season he's on you know goal and two assists. it's not a not a terrible start for him so sure. you know so let's let's yeah. see.
0: They are stacked. Chelsea are stacked with great players. If it click, I mean, it's not a matter of if. I think it's just a win it clicks, and maybe it's at yeah. the start of next season. I don't know, but there are so yeah. many good players there. They will be great.
1: All right. I like this next question. <laughs> Dan Parsons, uh, Toothless Given. He says, can a two-point return for a defender still be considered a blank? <laughs>
0: uh, that's a great way of putting it. Um it means they played the whole game. It means that uh, somebody yeah. didn't needlessly slide tackle them to try and end their <laughs> career. Maybe not right. consciously. Yeah, but, I mean,
1: two points has got to be about double the average defender score right, so far this season.
0: Yeah, that's that's insane. Yeah, it, the defensive scores have been just out of this world. It's yeah. it's either you end up with a <laughs> yeah. It's been it's been strange. It's been a strange one.
1: <laughs> so i think uh two points is i i don't know if it's a good return it is certainly i got two points from Lamptey today and i i kind of it was kind of funny that he when i got this mess, the this question because i was like you know when i got two from Lamptey, i was like not bad you know <laughs> I was like pretty pretty decent return like didn't yeah. get it didn't get a yellow didn't concede two goals that's that's yeah. two points like book yeah. it you know let's let's move on
0: yeah, yeah, he he almost got in a punch up with, with Mitchell there. There was there was some about worrying those. times for all of yeah, the Mitchell th- and Lamptey
1: owners. Thought he might get a yellow, but he actually escaped with with nothing from that. Uh, Mitchell was the only one who, who got a yellow there. So uh, there we go. Uh, The way it seems like the thing
0: I like to do with my defenders is just (laughs) instead of looking at what they got this game week, look at what they got over the course of four game weeks and take the four week average, because that's the way it's been going with Dean. Right. Like Dean will, you know, he'll lose his clean sheet. He'll still end up with the seven pointer after a one pointer the previous week. Yeah, there is the real the only real value we see in defense right now.
1: I think, uh, just one shout out is, uh, we talked about Estevill already, but, uh, Cresswell, I think eventually, uh, could end up making his way into some teams. He's in really good form right now and he's, he's 4.9 million. So his, his price is yeah. decent. Obviously we need I to like wait that. until, until West Ham's fixtures get better. Okay. Final question. Kieran says, if you didn't play your wild card, when is the next best opportunity? So, Brent, I think you kind of hinted at this one earlier, but what, what right. do you think is the next best opportunity?
0: Yeah, game week nine is that next inflection point, and Manchester United. God, we haven't really talked too much about that game against Newcastle and how they just decided to just rain goals upon yeah. upon Newcastle yeah. at the end. Yeah, so they're kind of a bitish in they're in a bit of shambles at the moment, but they can produce. So if you look at game week nine, they host West Brom at Old Trafford, then at Southampton, West Ham the Manchester Derby followed by Sheffield United in game week 13. And we also mentioned cities fixtures clear up in game week 10 when they host Burnley followed by Fulham. And then they have West Brom in game week 13. So both of those Manchester teams that were a little sheepish of at the moment. And, you know, you should certainly shouldn't be sheepish if you've got Bruno or if Mm -hmm. you had the presence to bring in Rashford this week, those guys are both holds, but um, I think the interesting point with those guys is a lot of us have other midfielders that are producing. Whether it's whether it's Rodriguez, whether it's uh, whether it's uh, Sala, Mane, or uh, Sun, there are plenty mm-hmm. of options. But it starts to turn at game week nine, so I think that's your next point at which you could consider playing the wild card.
1: Yeah, I th- I think that's that, that's what I would say as, as well. Uh, I think uh, nine or even maybe ten. Uh, those those two feel like the the time to do it. Nine is attempting because um, so a little bit like game week five, you get that two week um, international break to to tinker with things and wait and see who comes out injured or who got yeah, COVID. Right. I guess that's the new thing. Um, all right, so and, and you know, and uh, the COVID wildcard thing. I mean, I, I you know, like you know, wait until there's a massive outbreak and play it then. I mean, I, to me, it's just like.
0: I don't there won't know. be any matches so yeah, why? yeah there
1: won't, <laughs> well there won't so be any matches that that's true you, you might just get unlimited transfers going the next game week but i also think that it's um like if your team needs fixing you got to just fix it you know like you can't there's this temptation to wait until the conditions are just perfectly perfectly optimal um you know like all of your players have bad fixtures you've got three injuries and the fixtures for all the two players you don't have are great you know and it's very rare that all those things work out and so there's a there's a leap of faith quality to it that you have to take sometimes right speaking of leaps of faith brandon we're leaping out of this week's podcast and into uh i don't know into tomorrow's matches into a full week of the yeah. matches every day next week it's going to be crazy um so thank you for listening just one final note uh Again, I, I hate to hit this so much, but if you if you you know it's it's what helps keeps the keep the the servers going and all that stuff. If you want to support the podcast, go to patreon.com, dot com slash always cheating. Uh, can become a supporter and say thanks for what we do, uh, get access to uh, an extra podcast each week, our Slack forum, and a lot more. Brandon, can you please thank our producer patrons?
0: I'd love to. Big thanks to producers Trevor Ingerson, Mike petro Chris Howell, Andy Penn, Martin Savage, Brian T, DeBig Big Gaffer. Bobbus Kuhn, Jeff Husby, Ben Grant, James Holland, Jazz Binning, Dave Wagner-Lodal, Nick Wright, Jim Payne, Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson, Travis West, Victor Forbrook-Skogang, Paul Herzig, Kaya Christine Lalang, Andy Portlock, Toothless Gibbon, Lindsay Rostel, Anton Markov, FPL Merch, Kerry Swanson, Paul Scanlon, Kieran Screeton, Francis Mann, Chris Carter, Blue Nose Stew, Producer Matt, Mikey Uwong, Bruce Kerr, Alper Paxoy, Nicholas Verdakis, Sam Schauer, Henry Baker, Will Husby, and our newest producer. Big thanks to Rich Evans. Never miss an episode of always cheating. Remember to subscribe wherever it is that fine podcasts are found. And if you have a moment, just go to that Apple podcast app, give us five stars, leave us a review. If you like that really does help the pod and follow us wherever you're on social media, be it Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And if you have a big question, a real big meatball of a question that you have for me and Josh. You can always hit us up on email healthcheaters at gmail.com. All this information and more is available at our website, alwayscheating.com. Oh, that's
1: beautiful, Brandon. Uh, nothing else to say except uh, good luck to everybody tomorrow. Good luck to all the Champions League teams. Remember to keep your transfers as long as possible. You might want to use them. might need <laughs> to use them. You might, want, you might want to, but you might need to use them. Needs, to use yeah,
0: need slash want. Yeah. yep, Poku, wherever you are, uh, I love you and we've, forever. that's
1: it's a great love fest between the Always Dream podcast and sweet, sweet Boku. All right, bye.
0: Have we uncovered a secret there that standards contains the word stand? So fans Uh, in the stand equals standards. You take away the fans in the stands and you take away the standards.
2: (laughs) It's profound. Wow. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.